this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. I am so excited to spend this time together, but before we do, I want to share something with you. I have created a meditation to prioritize our energy by healing and clearing our energy fields so that we are in our highest timeline and our highest frequency everywhere we go every day. And all you've got to do is to go on the show notes and download the meditation and listen to it today. Also, if you are loving my work, if you're loving my words, if you deeply connect to everything that I share into my energy and desire to work with me one-on-one to activate your divine gifts, to accelerate your spiritual ascension, and to come back to your truest, most authentic expression, make sure that you send me a DM on Instagram or that you go directly to my website, itaniela.arango.com. I can't wait to hear from you. So, George, this is like our third time trying to record this episode. We finally made it. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. We are here. Like how exciting is this? I'm really, really happy to talk to you because last time we were onto like such an amazing conversation and the internet was not my friend at all. So I want to just start this conversation again with like your story because it's so fascinating and so inspiring and so incredible that I just want to like everybody that's listening to this conversation to start with such an inspiring story. So you are an incredible light worker and you have done such an uh, impact in the world and you know with your work and, and the work you do with light workers is just incredible. So let's begin from like the very, very, very start of of where it all, you know, took place for you. So first of all, thank you so much for for introducing me and for uh for starting with my story because I think it helps many people realize that they're not crazy or weird when they hear other people's stories share when the people when they hear other people share their stories of how they grew up as well so essentially yeah. i believe we are all born light workers well not, not all of us i mean we all have the choice of becoming a light worker but something that i talk about in my in my second book light workers got to work some people are born as ascension light workers which is a group of light workers of mature souls that incarnate over and over again for the purpose of ascending the vibration of the world and we know from a very young age so personally while i was like 5 6 years old i remember myself just standing in a in a field of yellow daisies just staring up at the sky and wondering why am i here and what is the purpose of life and i talked to so many light workers and they tell me similar stories how they always felt like they stood out of the crowd so as a result of feeling so different and not and, and being born in a very small country cyprus a little island in the mediterranean and as it happens with most um, small societies, they tend to be very stereotypical, they tend to be very judgmental, they expect you to be a certain way. And people that come from small cities or small countries, or just any small kind of community, even if it's just their own family, they have this certain kind of feeling. So as a result, I had this uh, this urge from society and this, I felt this pressure to constantly try to change myself, to fit other, into other people's expectations of who they wanted me to be. So from a very young age, I learned to change myself so I can people please and satisfy who other people wanted me to be. So when I reached the age of 13 years old, that's when I realized I was gay. And at the time in the 90s growing up, gay people in Cyprus were considered to be pedophiles and criminals. It was not something that was talked about. It was just whispered and people just looked down on, on gay people. So I was already the weird one. I didn't want to get yet another label. So I'm like, you know what? This 
I can't do this. I'm just going to learn to change myself from gay to straight one step at a time, like I've done throughout my life. And of course, it doesn't work that way because we're born in, we're born this way. But two years, I entered into a very self-masochistic kind of uh, journey of trying to monitor the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I expressed myself, trying to turn me from gay to straight. And at the age of 15 years old, when I couldn't change who I was born to be, I had reached such a low level of depression and self-loathing and self-judgment that I told myself, you're not worth existing anymore. So I decided to take my own life. And it was in that dark moment that I had written a letter to my parents. I had a bunch of pills ready to put an end to it that I finally found the answer that I was searching for, but I couldn't find because I was resisting so much. And that answer was just fuck what people think and what society thinks and learn to love and accept yourself exactly as you are. Let yourself be that weird light worker that you are (laughs) and that you were born to be and allow those gifts to express. But you know what, Daniela? I didn't know how to love myself because when you spend your entire life feeling judged and judging yourself and telling yourself you need to change, then you don't know how to go about loving yourself. But this is where the magic happens. When we're willing to change, the universe steps in to support us. So my willingness led me to my spiritual path. And that's when I discovered spiritual books and modalities and practices. And step by step by step, I taught myself to love myself, to strip away all the layers of judgment and conditioning and limiting beliefs and fears that other people and society and the state and the church had imprinted on me. And eventually I allowed myself to step back into my light worker self. And here we are. 20, here we are. 15, 15 to something years later. <laughs> my goodness. And it's so incredible that we're, we're talking about this because yesterday specifically, I was having a conversation with my mom and her boyfriend and I was, we were talking about, I don't know how we got to the conversation, but we were talking about near death experiences because my, um, my mom's boyfriend also has been through a near death experiences, near death experience in his life. And I have been through a near death experience and pretty much what you just described, that point in which you reach pretty much like the end of the rope, it's, it's almost kind of that transition as well. And we were talking about how in that moment, like so many things change, like in that moment, like the perception, like the eyes in which you see the world through, it's a completely different lens, you know, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're here with us and that you actually, you know, change your mind and, 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 you know, took your power back and, and realize maybe there is more. And maybe as you said, not that I know how, because I think in that moment, you really don't know how to change things. And, and it's not like I, you know, I was in the end of the rope like that. It was very different for me in my near death experience. But in that moment, I also realized like, you know, there are things that I don't like about my life and, and I wish I would have done that. But in that moment, you're like, I want to, I want to do differently, and I want to change, and I'm be, I'm willing to to see it from another perspective, and you don't know how in that moment, like you have no idea how to actually, you know, completely transform your life. But that willingness, that like different set of eyes, is the way I could only describe it. It's like you you start to see the. the 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 preciousness the sacredness of of the moment of a moment of willingness and i think that it's it's something that it's it's i don't know cuz it takes for for some of us it takes to that moment to change our mind it takes to go to that depth of 
of, you know, the end of the rope to actually look at life differently. But if we can find another way to see life with those set of eyes instead of having to go all the way down because a lot of the times when when horrible things happen in our lives we don't understand why but it's like as you're saying the universe is supporting you in the way that it needs to support you to show you that which you are unwilling to see you know in that is in front of you because a lot of the things that are there are there in front of us we just unwilling to listen and to see. So, and, and in this topic about unwilling to see and to listen of the things that are right in front of us, I think I would love to ask you about your abilities, like your psychic abilities, your your extrasensory abilities, and how you're starting to see the things that are there that are not there until they're there. Yes. And it's also connected to what you said earlier, that moment of surrender. That's the key word that I've connected with near-death experiences and that sense of giving up. When we give up, quote-unquote give up, that's essentially when we surrender the resistance, the pushing against what is. Because I believe that like our psychic abilities, our life purpose, who we really are, our authentic self, is already available to us. We're born psychic. We're born connected. We're born knowing our life purpose. We just build obstacles around them that prevent ourselves from seeing them. Those obstacles are in the form of conditioning, fears, limiting beliefs, all the shoots and musts that we're taught throughout our lives. And that's what happened with me. So when you reach a point where you give up, and you're like, you know what? I've reached the end of it. I'm, I, I don't have any more energy to try. That's when you release that resistance. All that conditioning strips away. And the answer that was already there, the psychic abilities that were already there, your life purpose that's always been there, finally becomes available to you. So what I teach, and that's the message of my first book, Be the Guru, which was the essentially the step-by-step process to becoming your own spiritual teacher and realizing that you don't need to go through this dark night of the soul to be able to have your spiritual awakening. You can choose to have it earlier. It doesn't have to be hard. Just because we've been through hell and came, like, like, came up through it, It doesn't mean that everybody should go through something like that. We all have the opportunity at any stage we are in our life to choose to see things differently. Now, let's talk about psychic abilities because I have sort of a disruptive opinion about it. I have this course that I teach. It's called Intuition Mastery School. And the main thing that I I teach is that we're all equally intuitive. Now, hear me out. Yes, some people have talent in intuition and psychic abilities in the same way that we all uh, have talents like in different other aspects. Some are into inclined into music, some are uh, sport inclined, etc. So some people, yes, are more inclined to be psychic. But it doesn't mean that you can't still be the best or one of the best in the industry if you don't have the talent or quote-unquote the gift and you choose to develop it. I 100% believe that Hard, consistent work. I want to exclude the word hard, though, and just change it to consistent because it doesn't have to be hard. Smart, consistent work will always beat talent. Hard slash smart, consistent work will always beat talent because when you have a talent, you don't try enough sometimes. And talent is not enough to help you become a master. But when you're not talented enough, quote-unquote talented enough, but you have the passion, you have the motivation, you have the wherewithal to put in the, the work and the consistency, then you can 
overcome and overcome the uh, the level of talent that other people uh, have been born with and surpass that. For example, from my own personal experience, I was never the kind of psychic that saw spirits as a kid. You know, you hear all these stories of the psychics and the mediums. They're like, oh, my God, I couldn't go to sleep as a kid because my dead grandma would try and talk to me and I could see spirits everywhere. I slept peacefully. <laughs> I did not see spirits. I did not, <laughs> I did not see any dead people coming to talk to me. I was a closed off muggle for most of my life. I just had passion and I put in the work. So it's not talent that got me where I am today. It's all the work that I put into. That's why I'm a huge supporter of fuck talent. Just find out what you're passionate about and put in the time and energy and you can make it. I love that idea because, I mean, in especially the comparison on some people are, you know, really good at sports and some people are really good at math and whatever it is, but, but even if they're the, like the best of the world, they practice and they do their work and they, you know, put their life and their energy into practicing their skills and becoming better and doing all the things. And, and sometimes the stories that we hear about, you know, the most, the greatest people that create the greatest things are not the ones who grew up with the talent, are not the ones who just were born, you know, really good at it, but that actually put the work um, into whatever is it that they do. So, I love that idea because it not only applies to the psychic abilities, but it really applies to everything. A lot of the times we tend to see that everybody that has it together and everybody that has something great, it's because they are just really good at it and it just comes really easy to them. And the truth is, it is true for many people that that is the way, but also it doesn't take away the fact that you can also go there by practicing, by putting in the work, by dedication, by, you know actually developing the skills that you we are able to because if we have a passion i think that's the biggest thing if you have the passion then it's going to be great because you're going to love it you're going to going to love the journey yes it's going to be up and down and there are going to be things that you know are going to get probably frustrated about it but if you if you have the passion as you're talking about like it's your 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 soul guiding your you know your mission that it's like you know pushing you towards those things that create that passion that like you know steer in your belly that you're like oh my goodness and then there we go into a whole journey so in this idea of like alignment what is alignment for you because i think this word gets thrown out everywhere and everybody has different definitions about alignment and i i'm not against different definitions of alignment i'm just very curious about different light workers and and you know spiritual people and the way they see that word of you know alignment for me alignment is remembering who you really are so it's a process of unlearning rather than learning because oftentimes in spirituality, we have all these tools and the processes and we're like, oh, we need to get somewhere. But when it, when it, spirituality is a journey to reconnecting with your authentic self and your authentic self is essentially rooted in joy, in happiness, in love. And you don't find happiness. Happiness is not outside of you. Happiness is not even within you. Happiness, joy, love is you. So it's just a matter of, as I said earlier, stripping away all the conditioning to remember, and I want to state again the word re-remember, to bring all the different members of who you are together, and therefore remind yourself of who you really are, which 
I mean, that's a philosophical perspective about it, but in practical terms, that's when the spiritual practice, that's where the spiritual practice comes in. We have different processes that allow us to remember. We have meditation practices. We have uh, our, um, some people like to do rituals or work with all different types of spiritual modalities, journaling, dealing with our traumas and limiting beliefs. These are all ways of both activating the energy of who we are, but also removing the obstacles that prevent who we really are, our alignment to come naturally into, into, into place. So you're saying the way you go about on an everyday, in your, like in an everyday basis about alignment is to just continue to walk your spiritual path and to just, as long as you are in that journey of remembering that you are in alignment. Yes. And from a practical perspective, I'm a huge proponent of having a daily spiritual practice. And I define a spiritual practice as a happiness practice with three essential components, consistency, duration, and happiness. So let's talk about them. Happiness is all about choosing to doing activities that help you remember the joy, the happiness that already is you. So you're finding something that you already are, but you've forgotten which is that you're happy, that you're joyful, that you're loving. And I use all these three words interchangeably because happiness, joy, vibration, they all have a similar vibrational frequency. Then a spiritual practice also has to be consistent. It has to be daily and it has to be at around the same time every single day. And if it's not consistent, if it's not daily, it's not a practice, it's a hobby. Okay, so you need to approach it from this serious, mature perspective of, you know what, I'm going to dedicate this time to align myself to who I, I really am. And then duration. I believe that a spiritual practice should be between 15 to 30 minutes up to an hour. And it's not a matter of just choosing a number and doing it for a certain amount of time. It's just putting in the work. Just, just making it long enough so you can feel that happiness, so you can allow that happiness that you really are, that, that yes, that you really are, to nurture, to develop, to cultivate, and to grow so you can create a strong enough momentum. So if on a daily basis for 30 days, every single day, we choose three activities that we do consistently for 15 to 30 minutes and that help nurture within us the emotion of happiness, that's how we find alignment. By the end of those 30 days, we'll be, first of all, happier people because we'll be choosing happy, happiness every single day, but also it's not going to be forced happiness because it's going to be this sense of remembering and coming back home to the sense of knowingness that is who we really are. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love looking at this from the perspective of creating a habit of choosing the frequency in which you want to you know, dwell in. For me, one of the biggest things when it comes to spiritual practices is to choose the frequency every day. I believe that, you know, the the world, if we just at the mercy of the world, the world will throw us in very different directions. You know, there's social media, that there is, you know, our family, our clients, our business, our team members, like all of these things that, you know, if we are not the one choosing our frequency, it will be chosen for us. It will be set for us. So I think it's like reclaiming that power of understanding that we are the creators and we are the ones who get to choose our frequency and creating the habit of choosing that frequency, you know, in a spiritual practice that you know fits your lifestyle and fits who you are and and I think that's the, the biggest piece about that spiritual remembering it's like the remember that you get to choose and you get to set in that frequency 
to share yourself with the world. That's one of the biggest things for me. And, and I wanted to ask you, like for you, what is the biggest thing for you? Because for me, I really, 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 really every day have a commitment to set that frequency for myself before anything happens, before I share myself, before I make decisions, before I go into, you know, my, I open my clients and my, my messages with my clients or going to a session or things like that. Like I am sovereign in my energy every time I share myself with the world. So that's like one of the biggest pieces of my, in, in a way, practical spiritual practice. And, and for you, what does that look like? So that's essentially the one of the things that I talk about in my new book, Protect Your Light. I define energy protection as the art of being energetically authentic. Because yes, we can choose how to uh, set the tone of the day with our spiritual practice. But what about, as you said, all the different energy that we pick up from other people as we go through life? The world is becoming increasingly interconnected, both online and offline. So as we walk through life, and by the way, by walking through life, I also mean going on social media and navigating the digital, digital landscape because the digital landscape mirrors physical life. So as we navigate the world online and offline, we pick up different energetic attachments from people and, and, and spaces. These could be a residual energy that other people live in, such as like negative emotions. It could be collective thought forms of vibrational frequencies that we unconsciously hook into. It could be toxic cords of attachment we have to people that we know or don't know. It could be all sorts of different types of energy attachments that I talk about in the book, Protect Your Light. But as we pick them up, because our aura is like a sponge, it, it, it easily receives them, then it cl they clutter our energy field. And as much as we try with our spiritual practice to nurture the emotion of happiness, sometimes we can't reach it because we have all that other external clutter preventing us from seeing it and interfering with our vibrational frequency. So if we don't consciously and daily clean our energy and clear it all out, then we eventually end up thinking other people's thoughts, feeling other people's emotions, and behaving in ways that are not in alignment with who we really are. Therefore, my spiritual practice these days has to do a lot with cleansing my energy, with consciously choosing who, whose energy I want to let in. So another way of, of, of uh, defining energy protection is making sure that what's ours is ours and what's theirs is theirs and being in control of what kind of energy you're allowing yourself in. So when you have a daily energy protection practice as part of your spiritual practice, where you cleanse your energy, you shield your energy, you boost your energetic defenses, then you're, it's easier for your spiritual practice to work, essentially. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge one. And I have a very particular way of looking at energy protection. And I want to think like, I want to just kind of explain it a little bit, like deepen into the concept of energy protection. Like, what is that? What does that essentially looks like? And is that something that we need to be worrying about? Is that something that um, we need to do every day? Is that something that we can do by ourselves? Like, what is that piece just, you know, from your perspective of energy protection? 
So there are two schools of thought around energy protection. And I, he, I see spiritual people just fighting about them. But from my perspective, they work equally well and they work together. And we're just approaching the same thing for, from different perspectives. So here are the two schools of thought. The first one is people saying you don't need to protect your energy because when you, when you, when you try to protect your energy, you're giving power to fear. So you're attracting attack into your life. So you're attracting fear and you're believing in a, in a, in a, in a, in a poor polarized world where you you accept energy and you receive energy of attack so that's the first school of thought the second school of thought is the school of thought that believes that you need to protect your energy every single day so here's how they both come together when we are aligned to who we really are and therefore when we feel this vibration of love and happiness and we feel the connection to source nothing can touch us we don't need to protect our energy because we have natural energetic defenses our aura is a natural energetic defense. Our spirit guides are there supporting us. We have all that we need to keep our energy protected within our own energy field when we're aligned. However, this is where the second school of thought comes in. How can you ensure that you can be aligned 24-7? If we were not human and we lived in the spirit world, that would be possible to be aligned 24-7. But since we've chosen to come into a world, a 3D world of diversity and contrast, that also means that we've bought into this idea of polarity, of separation, of having an ego and having to negotiate with our ego and having to live with our ego, manage our ego, deal with our ego and other people. And yes, from a spiritual perspective, we understand that we're all one. But from a 3D perspective, because we have to live with it as well, we're not just all one, we're different people that deep down we're one, but we have to deal with, with, with people's facade as well as their oneness. So we're not just a bunch of souls dealing with a bunch of souls, we're a bunch of souls in physical bodies with egos dealing with other people's egos as well. <laughs> so we have to factor in that. So yeah, from yeah. This, yeah. So from this perspective, if you tell me that you can be aligned 24-7, by all means, never protect your energy. But if there is even a 0.001% chance of you becoming misaligned even a little bit throughout your day, then you need to have practices to know to bring yourself back home. Other people tell me, well, I can ground myself and center myself, and that gives me my alignment. I'm like, great, that, these are the basic steps to energy protection. <laughs> You just call it grounding and centering. I just call it energy protection. It's the same thing. Because in my book, Protect Your Light, I talk about a seven-step system to energy protection. And the first two steps are center yourself and ground yourself. Because when you center yourself, you ensure that all aspects of your energy, all layers of your aura, the mental layer, the emotional layer, they're all occupying the same space within you. So you, you're boosting your natural energetic defenses. When you're grounding yourself, you're connected to the earth, who's the OG energy protector. And therefore, you're affirming and sending the signal out to the world that I know who I am. I'm in my body. I'm in control of my energy. And I'm grounded into the earth. And nobody can come in. So it is part of a spiritual practice. But it's also a way of protecting your energy because you're shoring up your own sense of um, of natural protective energy. Make sense? I love that. 
Yeah. And and I love the way you explain it. So thank you. Thank you for that. I that was really, really awesome to hear like both perspectives and to also understand that it, it maybe it is just about reframing what energy protection is. That's why I wanted to ask you what it what it means to you and the definition of a whole thing, because you know, when we put the idea of groundedness and the idea of centeredness, and I'm sure there's many other steps as you talked about then we're starting to understand that it's not just like this, like, you know, fight mode of like protect your shield and like, you know, but it's about the way we manage our energy field, the way we look at and take ownership of our, not just physical body, but our energy body. So I love that. Thank you so much, Josh, for everything that you have shared today and just this fun conversation. I'm sure everybody that is here that it's moving through their psychic abilities and feels really connected to your energy and your story will want to hear more from you. So I just want to say thank you. And I want to also ask you to share with us where is it that you hang out nowadays in social media and how can people get in, in, in connection with you to continue to be in your world and be part of your teachings? Thank you so much for having me. And I love this conversation. And for people who want to check out my book, Protect Your Light, if you go to protectyourlightbook.com, if you order the book, you also get a 90-minute free online workshop with me called the Psychic Scanning Workshop, where I guide you to turn on your psychic vision so you can scan your body of any forms of psychic attack so you can clear them when you get the book. And of course, you can find me on on Instagram at George Lizos, on TikTok at I am George Lizos, and then on my website, georgelizos.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody who's here sharing your energy with us and sharing, you know, your space and your thoughts and, and your spirit with us. It, I just appreciate you so much. and you so much love and blessings. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and for spending this time together. I'm here to awaken and activate as many humans as possible into their highest timeline. And if this episode supported you and touched you in any way, the best way to show me your appreciation and your love is to screenshot this episode and share it on your social media or to leave a review in whatever platform you love listening on. And if you're looking for additional spiritual support, you can always reach me at I am Daniela Arango on Instagram, or you can join my free Telegram channel, Daily Magic with Daniela Arango, and I will see you here on another episode.